Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Monday edition of the News Roundtable. My name's Quaid. Hopefully you've sprunged, uh, springly forward uh, into this uh, work week. Hopefully you straightened all of that out. Yeah, we still have to change clocks uh, here in the green room. Apparently that hasn't been done yet. What was Bruce doing over the weekend? I don't know. I wasn't here Actually, I'm, not, I'm just picking on Bruce. That's not a one-man job. You, you're going to need two. As big as the clocks are in the uh, green room and in the office area, that's a two-man job. So, Yeah, it's, it's not like pressing four buttons on a microwave. No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, the, these clocks are beefy. So, it took me a half hour to change the one in front of you there on the uh, board. <laughs> well, that one is tricky, though. Thank you for it your candor. I mean, it's small. I just hate springing forward and falling back. Yeah. Because that one there is just weird. And by the way, yeah. for for everybody who thought that this was it, we were going to spring forward and that was going to be that. That legislation, and we talked about it before on air, uh, has not made its way through uh, the full house. I think the Senate passed it, but it hasn't found its way through the House yet. So it's it. Don't think that you know. I'm, at this point in time, we're still going to fall back. I'm taking things in moderation. <laughs> So there were people who were like, that's it, we don't have to worry about it, Amy. No, 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 no. Uh, we're still going to fall back. And fall back still remains Quife's, I guess, uh, second favorite day of the year or third favorite day of the year after Christmas and Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, welcome to the Monday edition of the News uh, Roundtable. Hopefully you've, uh, like I said, sproined uh, into spring. Uh, coming up on the back half of the show, uh, my calendar says we're going to be joined by uh, 8th Judicial Circuit Court Judge candidate Tad Brenner uh, on the back half of the show today. And this has been, I mean, I was trying to remember the first time uh, Tad joined us on the show, and I want to say it was last September, uh, October maybe? I thought it was more recent than been that. A while. Well, it's, I mean, we've been here a lot. Yeah, we are old too. So Yeah, there's that. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the, the plan is to talk with Tad on the uh, back half of today's show as we sprint to make a running reference uh, for Tad uh, towards uh, primary day coming up next week uh, yeah. here in the land of Lincoln. So that's the plan uh, moving forward on the Monday edition of the News Roundtable. First things first, in with all the latest in the WT80 newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hart. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. High winds hindered firefighters as they battled blazes Saturday night in Mount Sterling and in Perry on Sunday. Both her, both homes were dis to, to determined to be total losses. KHQA TV's Chad Douglas has more. A family has been displaced in the Tri-States after multiple agencies responded to a modular home fire near Perry, Illinois, Sunday morning. North Pike Fire Protection's District Chief Jeff Butler says the fire started in the garage and then spread to the home. He says heavy winds out of the south created concern for firefighters as the home was surrounded by woods. Butler says the fire has been ruled accidental, the home a total loss, but luckily no one was hurt. The city of Quincy's engineering department says that a boil order is in effect for uh, several areas on the city's north side. 
That's uh, due to a uh, water main leak that was fixed Sunday by the city. They did that around at, uh, starting at around 10 o'clock. Water service was off for several hours around Elm Street and Lynn Street from 18th to 22nd Streets and North 18th from College to Elm and North 20th from College to Chestnut. Those areas are under a boil order until further notice, according to the cities. A Quincy business that has supplied uh, medical uniforms for over 20 years is going out of business. Attic Uniforms at 14th and Broadway says it's closing its doors after 20 years in business. They specialize in nursing scrubs, medical uniforms, and medical accessories. In a press release Sunday afternoon, the company says they can't continue to compete with Internet sales. They also mentioned with the coronavirus going around, their manufacturers in China have been shut down for some time and are unable to make new products. No official closing date's been set, but the company's aiming toward an April or May date. They say that if you have any gift certificates, to bring them in now as well. Liquidation stay, a, a liquidation sale there has started. A woman and child were taken to Blessing Hospital, one serious with serious injuries after a crash just north of Marblehead. That accident happened on Highway 57 around 10:30 Sunday. The Adams County Sheriff's Office says that 28-year-old Amanda Zanger of Plainville was driving south on Highway 57 when that vehicle ran off the road and overturned several times. Zanger was taken to Blessing Hospital with serious injuries. A 5-year-old child in the vehicle was taken by ambulance, also to Blessing with minor injuries. Side-by-side UTV crash sent two people to Blessing Hospital Saturday night. That accident happened at Highway 96 and Morgan Hill Road in Adams County around 1140. And the Adams County Sheriff's Department says that deputies responded to a rollover crash with three people. Authorities say the UTV driven by 23-year-old Carson Moran of Quincy was south on uh, was on 96 when it lost control, went down into a deep ditch and rolled. All three people were injured. Two passengers, Bryceland Powell, who was 21, and 20-year-old Kylie Clark were taken to Blessing Hospital with serious injuries. According to the Adams County Sheriff's Office, Moran faces uh, charges for uh, his uh, driving on a suspended driver's license and improper operation of a ATV. Bowling Green man accused of shooting and killing his stepson in 2017 may learn today when his trial will be held. Michael Allen Black is set to appear in Pike County, Missouri Circuit Court for a pretrial hearing. Trial date could be set. Black faces counts of first-degree murder and armed criminal action in the August 18, 2017 shooting death of Alexander Cook. Authorities say the shooting happened while the two were talking outside the rural Bowling Green home. Earlier that night, the pair had gotten into a fight, and Black allegedly told officers he was tired of being beaten by Cook. Black then allegedly admitted shooting Cook once in the abdomen. Cook died about an hour after the shooting at a Louisiana-Missouri hospital. Black is free on half a million dollars bond. And Quincy police say they arrested a Quincy man over the weekend on charges of domestic battery. Police say they arrested 44-year-old William Porter in the 4400 block of Covington Lane. Porter also had outstanding warrants for not appearing in court on charges of aggravated drunk driving and driving without insurance. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and also on our uh, social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. And I believe the word for the day might be sell. Yeah. With the, with the market? Oh, Scott's uh, saying uh, take your stuff and run, which, of course, means buy. <laughs> well, well, you, while everybody else is selling, that's when stuff typically, gets cheaper. Typically, typically, yes, but you want to do it when the, bottom, when the market bottoms out. Sure, you uh, buy the dips. Mm-hmm, is, exactly. Uh, people are saying, so Scott's uh, is saying, 
uh, now that this isn't a dip, that this is a, a hump, and you want to sell the hump? Well, it's just that they've already the market's already had to stop trading for 15 minutes because of uh, implementation of what they call a circuit breaker, where if it falls to a certain point, they stop selling for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they've already done that once, and there's fears that they might do it again. I'm just following the good advice of my friend Jeff Kennedy. Okay. I was going to say, where's the disclaimer at? Cause this that's, that's the advice that I've heard. Is Basically, his point, and it makes sense, is that if you're in the market still, you want to get out so that way you don't lose any more than you've already lost. So that way, when you're ready to go back in and buy at the bottom of the market, you've got some dry powder, as he put it. You've got some cash still there, and you don't have to work twice as hard to make back the money that you lost. Okay, so uh, depending upon what area you're in, you don't necessarily have to sell. You can just move your money out. Well, yeah, that's what... Kind of put it on the bench, set it aside. Yeah, yeah, I mean... That's not the same as sell. Well, if if you're in the stock market, though... Well, it might not be a bad idea, but I mean, if you're looking to get into a money market fund or something like that. Now, keep in mind, I am not a financial advisor. There's the disclaimer we were looking for. <laughs> By any means. <laughs> some friendly advice. All right. Thank you very much, sir. 1016. Uh, we'll take a time out. Uh, when we come back, like I said, the calendar says Ted Brenner will be joining us uh, next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Welcome back to the News Roundtable, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Uh, on my schedule for today, uh, Ted Brenner, who's been on the show, I was trying to figure it out with Scott during the break. Was it uh, September, October that we first had uh, Ted on the show? The election coming up, uh, the primary coming up next week, uh, which for all intents and purposes is the election because no Democrat has uh, jumped in on this. Uh, so you have the primary between Tad Brenner and uh, Drew Irwin for 8th Judicial Circuit Court Judge. Uh, so I know Tad has been uh, all around the area. I mean, in the uh, 8th Judicial Circuit covers quite a large area of this mm-hmm. part of the uh, land of Lincoln. So hopefully uh, we can get uh, Tad on between now and primary day. Instead, Steve, what I decided to go with was a question that I was asked uh, over the weekend, a different type of vote that is currently going on uh, in Cardinal Nation, and that is for the Red Jacket, sir. Cardinal Hall of Famers? Cardinal Hall of Famers, of course, uh, and this has been a hot topic in years past. Uh, the fans do get a say on who gets to wear the Red Jacket. Well, uh, then it's Stubby K all the way. Stubby K? <laughs> Stubby K? He's got grit. He's got fight. <laughs> Bo Hart. He's plucky. Oh, Bo Hart is not one of the, not one of the nominees. people who are who are up to get voted on. Your your candidates for the twenty twenty Cardinal Hall of Fame class uh are Steve Carlton, K 
Keith he, Hernandez. They're not in. They're not not currently. Tom Herr. Matt Morris. Matty Moe is one of mine. Edgar Renteria. Lee Smith and uh, John Tudor. Those are your those are your candidates on the fan vote ballots, and you can go online and vote. A couple of those guys are already members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. And, and as we've learned, uh, once you've made the, the, the big list, I would think it would be easier to make the Cardinal list, kind of like Rick Hummel. Once Rick Hummel was in the you know uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, Kind of tough then that he wasn't in the Blue Devil Hall of Fame, so that right. got that got corrected. Right. Uh, the two uh, people on that list that I uh, named off uh, who are in the Baseball Hall of Fame, but not in the Cardinal Hall of Fame, Lee Smith and Steve Carlton. Uh, so does that make it easier? Uh, Steve said Matt Morris should should have the red jacket. I think a lot of people forget that era of Matt Morris and how he was the anchor of the pitching staff for. Decade plus, uh, some untimely injuries uh, hurts uh, the Cardinals uh, when Morris was uh, the guy. Is Carlton in Cooperstown? I think he is. Yeah, that's what we were well, saying. Then... Carlton and Lee Smith are both in Cooperstown, but uh, don't have red jackets. And Steve has consternation. What is your consternation, sir? Carlton, had he stuck with the Cardinals instead of that horrible trade with Philly or to Philly, when Augie Bush didn't want to give him any money, I'd say no doubt about it. But what, how many years was it with cards? Mm. Five or six. Was yeah. it that long? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. 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 Um, he was. He was on the '67 team that went to the series. And that's that's part of the uh, one of the things that uh, that uh, I think makes it difficult sometimes. Uh, a lot of people have been Cardinals, but were they Cardinals for uh, a chunk of their career that was most prevalent right you can make the case that that carlton's dynamic years were in philadelphia mm -hmm. uh tim mccarver who has i believe a red jacket uh would would be able to make that case but he did start out his career uh in st louis his kids grew up in st louis scott you probably i mean i had friends who uh went to school in uh park parkway and they played you know summer ball against carlton's uh, kids, so uh, you know uh, he does have a connection to uh, St. Louis. Keith Hernandez, uh, co MVP, wearing birds on the bat, but then left to go to New York, and kind of hard to fight with, you know, the fact that uh, New York is a a, a media thing mm -hmm. unto itself. So obviously, you get a bigger spotlight when you're in New York than than St. Louis. If he's not in New York, does he end up on Seinfeld? I don't think so. So there's something extra that New York brings to it, but his time in St. Louis certainly had its merits. Um, Tom Herr, I've been in arguments with people uh, about uh, Tom Herr. He has certainly uh, spent the overwhelming majority of his career uh, in St. Louis. Uh, in fact, until Colton Wong, the longest tenured second baseman, in, until Colton Wong. So you go from that uh, time from the late 80s, until Colton Wong arrived at second base, nobody had ever stayed there longer and had more uh, consecutive seasons at second base uh, than Tom Hur until we got to Colton Wong uh, last year, believe it or not. Steve's trying to rack his brain. I can't give brain. him a Hall of Fame jacket, though. But you can't hand him a red no. jacket. All right. So why Matt Morris? Then probably just the numbers. And like you said, he was the guy. 
in that starting rotation mm-hmm. for how many years? Lee. I looked up Carlton real quick here. He was a three-time All-Star when he was with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he definitely qualifies for that red jacket. So, Carlton, do you go with Lee Smith because he's got one in Cooperstown? He's already in Cooperstown. And you, you and, and Lee Smith, while you're looking up the, the numbers, um, Lee Smith uh, with the Cardinals had plenty of saves. Yeah. Uh, he's near the top of the list uh, of saves. He's not at the top, but he was before, I believe, Jason Isringhausen uh, arrived. Um so it's it's but a lot of people remember Lee Smith more as a cub but he played yeah. in he played uh, if i remember Boston i mean Lee Smith bounced around uh, a little bit especially towards the end of his career John Tudor same thing he had really good seasons uh in St. Louis but pitched in other places as well uh and did all did all right in those places uh does that mean that uh, St. Louis is you know the the place that and I, maybe that's the question. If you go into the Hall of Fame, is Carlton wearing a Phillies cap yeah. in Cooperstown? Oh yeah. What's Lee Smith's cap in Cooperstown? Is it a Cub cap? Some of them just go neutral. With no cap, like Tony Larusa had. Uh-huh. That's a good question. Had none. That's you know, and I think that's up to the. I think that's up to the whoever the honoree is. They kind of get a yeah, to choose which cap sure they get to, to choose yeah. which cap they wear. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Steve Carlton's got. I now, I haven't been to uh, Cooperstown, so I I can't say for sure. And he was voted in quite a while ago. Not positive uh, on that. Steve's doing the, the the backup work right now to search for these things. But, Real quick, yeah. uh, I do want to get this note in about the Illini. Uh, they got the double bye by winning last night. I mean, nice. they're off until Friday. They're the number four seed, and the brackets were just released uh, about a half hour ago. And so they'll be the second game of the day on Friday. First game of the day starts at 11 o'clock, and that will be Wisconsin in that one. They got they got the number one seed, and then Illinois. It's hard to predict because it's too far out. There's three other or two other games before it gets to them. But the first game is Northwestern and Minnesota. The winner of that gets Iowa, and very easily, Illinois could turn around and face Iowa again on Friday afternoon in their first game, who they beat last night by a couple of points. Uh, that was a, a scuffle. That was a was physical, physical They don't game. like each other, can you tell? But that's good. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good rivalry. old school Big Ten basketball. That is a great rivalry, right? That's, that's, the, that's the headline in the article in the uh, Champagne paper. Good morning, Illini Nation. We don't like each other. Yeah, <laughs> so it will be about oh, 132 o'clock game on Friday afternoon. So we'll have to do some scrambling and see when we can pick that up, or if we can pick it up, because of some of our other commitments. I'm going to say, what are uh, the rules? Depends on when the game starts. That's what we'll go Does with. the Illini Network carry Big Ten tournament? I can't remember. Oh, well, Yes. Not the tournament, the Illini games. They carry all the Illini games, yes. Okay, so even Big if... The Big Ten tournament itself is on another network. Yeah, for TV rights. Right. But, okay. yeah, we'll have the radio rights up until the NCAA. Okay, that's what I was, was yeah. curious about. Yeah, they follow them as far as they go. Steve is referring to some of our um, standard during-the-day um, host and their disdain for being preempted for nearly yeah. any reason. Well, uh, 
if you, you do the, do a little history on it, the, you could make the case that that's the reason that that, that particular host is on these airwaves in the first place because it was being preempted. Oh yes, uh, regularly. <laughs> oh yes. So, um, <laughs> I understand that completely. Uh, by the way, I didn't hear you chime in, Steve, that there are too many red jackets as it stands. That. You and I have had that conversation. I don't know why they think they have to do two every year. Yeah. Can you just do one? If Is there a certain threshold that you get to where only one? I understand Cardinal's story, storied history, and that's a, a wonderful thing. It's rich. There's tradition there. But at what point in time are you giving red jackets to Bohart to bring it all the way back around? <laughs> Rex Hudler, another one. The Wonder Dog. <laughs> All right. Okay. Never mind. Uh, talked with uh, people at uh, Tad Brenner's campaign. Apparently, we'll have him on next Monday. I'm calendar challenged, calendrically challenged to make up a word, Scott. Uh, that is the that Monday, good. <laughs> Monday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.